I want to begin by asking you a question this morning. What is something that you hate to see wasted? Think about that. This past weekend, I got to hang out with my grandson, and he is two years old. So we took him to McDonald's, and we got him chicken McNuggets, and and, uh, he would take one bite of it, and then uh, he would dip it in barbecue sauce and lick the barbecue sauce, and then back in the container went to chicken McNuggets. And, uh, and so that happened over and over through, uh, so one bite was all he had, and so here we're left with all these chicken McNuggets with one bite taken out of them and, and put back in, into the Happy Meal. And, and you know, Happy Meals aren't cheap these days, right? And so, uh, so there we had uh, all that kind of waste. Uh, in my early, early years, I worked at McDonald's, and before they had to cook the order, we would put all this food in bins and w- look at timers, and, and if it went past that particular time, you had to pull that food out and you had to throw it away. And, and I can tell you that back then, in those days, that there was an insane amount of food that, w- that was wasted uh, at that time. It was unreal. Uh, but, you know, you know, I don't want to waste opportunity going into this year. I don't want to waste an opportunity to walk with God or serve God in His church this year. And I'm sure that you don't want to waste the opportunities that God has you as you go into this year as well. Think for a moment about the things that we waste in our lives. Think about the time that we waste standing in line maybe in a grocery store trying to check out, or an amusement park line. Uh, Of course, I hear Disney's pretty bad for that now. Waiting in line at the DMV, right? So we we waste these times just trying to wait to get through to accomplish things. You know, there's, uh, we waste, uh, sometimes we waste food. Young uh, families know the pain of going to a restaurant, and your kid takes one bite of a whole meal, and you leave it behind. There are times when, you know, that money is wasted, and I think of the lottery when people just, you know, they throw that money away with that. Uh, We waste time on certain hobbies and things of leisure that detract us from spiritual pursuits. But the worst waste of all is a wasted life and wasted potential. Look at musicians like Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. Look at Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse, Jim Morrison of The Doors. Athletes like Lim Bias, who was just drafted by the Celtics and, and got into some cocaine and died the next day, wasted life. We think of people like James Dean, the car wreck, and then actors like Keith Ledger, who played Joker in Batman. And then there is Matt Sheehan, a young man who was in my youth group, 26 years old, and um, I was discipling him, trying to... Uh, help him figure out his walk with God, and he got discouraged, and he attempted suicide, and he's dead too. I did his memorial service this past October. For a few minutes, I want to talk to you on the topic of divided purpose and how the enemy divides you from your purpose, because when he is successful, it often leads us with a wasted life and wasted opportunity. And God wants you to begin and then end this semester with your purpose of being here intact. So I want to invite you to Judges 13 this morning. In Judges 13, I want us to look a little bit at the life of Samuel. There's no greater story or illustration in the Bible of divided purpose than that of Samson. Samson had a lot of great potential of being a man of God, But instead of treasuring his God-given strengths, 
He wasted his strength on his own desires. So let's just look at the first five verses here in Judges chapter 13 as we look at this concept of a divided purpose. In verse 1 it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them in the hands of the Philistines for forty years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name uh, was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, and do not eat any unclean, anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. You see, Samson was born with great potential for God's purpose. And Samson's story begins with a godly couple, uh, and they worship God, and, but yet they were barren. They couldn't have children. And God chose uh, Manoah and his wife uh, to be the parents of Samson, a Nazarite, a future judge to deliver them, uh, to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Now, Nazarites, if you've got into your Old Testament studies, you know a Nazarite had some requirements. And uh, they, they couldn't drink wine, and they couldn't touch anything dead, and, and, uh, and, they, and they also couldn't let their hair be cut. You know, one strength, our strength in life, like Samson's, comes from our purpose from God. We know Samson's parents were, were God-fearing people, and they, when they heard the announcement from the angel of the Lord concerning the promise of their future son and the future deliverer of, of uh, Israel from the Philistines, uh, they went and offered a burnt offering, and they went and offered a grain offering as well. Uh, and they did these offerings as surrender to God and as thanksgiving to God. And, and we see that in verses 16 and 19. We see it says, And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food, but if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. And we see down in verse 19, And Manoah took a young goat with the grain offering and offered upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wonder, did wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. And, and so we see that they had surrendered to God's plan for their lives to raise a Nazarite. They were very thankful, and that's why they offered the grain offering. We know that they were obedient parents because they did raise Samson to be a Nazarite, to fulfill his purpose as a judge. What a contrast that is to our culture today, where, where folks today and a lot of people today, many people today, are constructing their own purpose rather than letting God reveal their purpose to them. And, you know, it's becoming a rare thing. It is a rare thing for people, and even in the church today, for people to be surrendered or yielded to God's purpose in their life. We are living in a selfish generation among the people who want to control their own lives rather than let God fill in the blanks. And that's a challenging thing. Even in the church today, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to live this way. This is my plan, and this is my purpose. But where do we see the kind of surrender to God that we see in Manoah and his wife? Where do we see that in the church today? You know, whenever I entered ministry uh, a number of years ago, my closest friends and the friends that I had, had uh, 
they'd gone to college with. This was their response when I said I was going to do what God wanted to do and that God had revealed his ultimate plan for my life. I had to climb down one academic ladder and start on another. But their response was this, is you're stupid. Why would you do something like that? You can make money doing this or that. I can't believe what a dumb decision you're making, Brian, you know, and just, and that you're an idiot. You know, these were friends of mine. I said, I can't believe that you're going to go into ministry. I can't believe that that is the purpose and plan that you're going to follow. But here I am, nearly 30 years later, and I have not let any voice except for God's uh, to keep me on his purpose. I've not let any voice voice divide me from God's purpose. And we need Bible students with that same kind of tenacity. You're here listening to God. You're here seeking, how is God going to use me? And God doesn't want you divided from that purpose of why, why you are here, why you're studying, and, and the, the, the ministry uh, plans that God has for you. He doesn't want you divided from that in your life. We look back at, at, at Samson, and even from an early age, he, just, he, he d- demonstrated incredible potential. You know, a, a lot, everyone in here has incredible potential. You know, you have the potential that you're going to serve God. You're going to, you have the potential you're going to use your degree to do something to make an impact for God's church and the kingdom of God. You know, we all have this potential, and we see that potential here in, in Samson's life. Look at chapter 13 in verses 24 and uh, 25. And so the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. That was, that was his potential. You know, do you know somebody who has tremendous potential, but their life ruined it for them? Do you know someone who had tremendous potential? Somebody like, man, they had all this going for them. She had all this going right for her, but they blew it. You know someone like that? You know, I know a lot of people like that, and I know a lot of pastors that's like that, that aren't pastors anymore. We're training you here for a service to God. And, and you know, the thing of it is, is the adversary wants to divide you from your purpose of why you're here, why you're beginning a new semester here at NEBC. We all have the potential, like he had it. But, you know, I've seen over years a lot of people can waste their potential. They can let it go. I've seen it in my own family, even to the point of death. But when we talk about substance abuse, we talk about a worldly philosophy, you know, we talk about our own personal agenda, about what we want to do rather than what God's called us to do. We can talk about having a loss. And all of those things are wedges that the adversary can use to try to pry you from your purpose that God has for you in your life. Remember that the book of Judges is about Israel's compromise. It is about a cycle of sin which led to them to be oppressed by the Philistine nation. But Samson's life became an example of compromise, and, and that's his legacy. You know, when I think about, about finishing well and, and, and staying true to what God's called you to do your life, you know, I'm surrounded by successes of men and women who do that, but I'm also surrounded, and I see the failures as well. One of my pastor friends, and I tell this story to you, 60-some years old, been a faithful pastor, believes every word of the Bible. He was an assistant warden. At, at, a, at a prison in Virginia, and, and he began to abuse his power and began attaining sexual improprieties, and he got busted. And at the end of the day, here's the loss. 
The law says, you know, he lost his reputation. He obviously, he lost his job. He lost his pastorate because somewhere along the way, the adversary divided him from his purpose. The adversary got a wedge driven in from him. And now he has a legacy of compromise after a life of serving God and living for God. And, and so my challenge to us this morning is that we, we, need to, we need to fight for the purpose that God's give us. Our lives like Samson's begins with great purpose, but the time from the time we're born, the enemy is plotting. He's always plotting against us. In John 10 and 10, Jesus tells us very clearly that the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's you. Okay, that's you, that's your life, that's your calling, that's your ministry. Listen, he doesn't want you to succeed here at NEBC. He doesn't want you to succeed in your life of ministry. He's looking for ways and plotting for ways to to cause you to fail. But here's God's intent for you, that I have come so that they may have life and life more abundant. Listen, God doesn't want you to lose your potential. He doesn't want you to have a wasted life. He doesn't want you to waste your testimony. He doesn't want you to have a divided purpose in your life. Samson's life in the Bible is one of the tragic stories. In Judges 14, we see Samson starting to go astray. In verses 1 through 3, Now Samson went down from Timnah, and he saw a woman in Timnah, the daughter of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore go get her for me as a wife. And his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among my people that you must go and get a wife? from the uncircumcised Philistines. Samson liked the ladies, and he wanted what he wanted. He wanted to have what he wanted. She wasn't a Hebrew. In fact, she was the enemy, and he wanted to have her no matter what. Even though God had a purpose, he was going to be a judge. He was going to bring Israel out of the oppression of the Philistines. But his desires and his passions and the wedge that the adversary drove drove between him got him off of his purpose and got him off of his plan. You see, when we make choices, we start down a path of a wasted life. You know, when you tell your parents, stop guiding me, stop, stop trying to tell me or, 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 or stop telling me I should do this or stop t- telling me to do that, you know, we're getting in big trouble. We get in big trouble when we stop listening to the guidance of our most cr- trusted Christians in our lives. And so we have to be careful about that. But between Judges 13 and 16, we see that Samson stops honoring his Nazarite vow. We see that he drinks wine. He touches the dead lion that he killed earlier. And we see that his hair is cut short by Delilah. See, here's the thing I want you to get. It's always the small decisions that the adversary puts before you as choices that pry you away from your purpose. And at the end of the day, when that happens, we are left powerless, we are left, we are left broken, and sometimes we're left backslidden before God. And, and so that's the challenge, is that we don't want the adversary to pry us away, but we have to guard, we have to guard our calling, we have to guard God's purpose for us in our lives. In Judges 16, we see Samson is spiritually compromised, living far from his calling, Calling is being a judge and deliverer of Israel from the Philistines. He's not there. So we see here in chapter 16, 
in verse, uh, uh, we see in chapter 16, verse 16, and we say, Now it came to pass that when she pastored him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, uh, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any, any other man. And then we see where that takes him after that. And this is where the enemy wants to take all of us. Look at verses 19 and 20. And then she lulled him to sleep and on her knees and called for a man and had, and had him shave off the, the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So she awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out before at, at, time, at a, like other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You see, that's what the enemy wants to take. He wants to take us to a place of spiritual, power, uh, spiritual powerlessness. He wants us to take us to a point of compromise. He wants to take us to a, a point uh, where we're ineffectual for God, but we're divided from our pr- purpose. You know, apart from the Bible's verses upon upon hell, apart from the Bible's verses, upon the great white throne judgment that is in Scripture. These verse, verse here, verse 20, should cause every Christian to pause and to take notice what, what is said here in Scripture. Look at it again in verse 20. It says, but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Now that's not a statement about Samson's salvation, but it is a statement about him forfeiting God's purpose in his life. You see, you can forfeit God's plan for your life. You can forfeit the reason why you're here at NEBC by not guarding and not fighting for your purpose and not guarding your calling that God has called you to. Listen, sin can cost you your purpose. I've watched it too many times. When Samson's life here to this point becomes futile and purposeless until the last day of his life on earth. We see what happens. Look down in verse 21. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza, and they bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. Samson went from being God's called judge at that time to bring a salvation to Israel, to bring them out of the oppression. And he went to being a grinder in a prison because he did not guard his calling. He didn't guard the purpose that God had for his life. He was the, the middle son of mine, Leslie's mentors. Dear people who discipled Leslie and I in our 20s, help us to get walking with God, raised in a Christian home all those years, went to Christian school, got high honors, got accepted to North Carolina State and studied engineering. And then after that, he got married. And and after that, we see he got a divorce. You see, somewhere in college, he started to drift away from God. And after he realized he got married and got divorced, things were just kind of moving at an out-of-pace thing for him. 
And so he got married again. And this time he immediately knew that he had made a mistake. You see, because he was a Christian and she wasn't. They moved to Houston where he worked for a, a very large engineering firm. They were doing well. By all intents and purposes, he was living the American dream. He was a success story by how he was raised and where he was at in life. But you see, he and his wife continued to fight, and the fighting continued to escalate. And see, continuing, he's out of God's will. He's not where he's supposed to be. Until it got to one point on one day that the end result was a murder-suicide. He was 26 years old. Listen, folks, don't miss this. When the enemy divides you from your purpose, you live in the shackles of sin. Not only that, you live in the past and what could have been. And there is this nagging reality that we live with, that we're existing, we're going through life, we're going through our daily, our daily routines, but we have missed, we have forfeited the purpose and the reason God called us. Listen, God gives us a shot. He gives us a calling. This is what your life is about. This is why you were born. This is why I brought you into this world. This is it. This is your one shot, and I don't want you to miss it. But you see, whenever we let the adversary divide us from our purpose, and then, then we miss on the one shot that God has for us in our lives. And that's something that we need to fight for. Listen, this morning, I know my purpose. I know my purpose is this, that I, even though I'm a sinner, and even though that I'm an imperfect Christian, I know my purpose. My purpose at this moment is to shepherd the flock of God as an under-shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know my purpose is to be a godly husband as best as I can, a godly father and a godly grandfather and a godly friend. And, and I know that's my purpose, to walk along people in my church and to point them to God. And I want to tell you this, as we begin 2023, I don't want anything to pry me from that purpose. That is my calling in this life. I'm not letting the enemy separating me from that. I have responsibility to guard that calling in my life. You are here at the beginning of 2023, and God has placed a very special call upon your life. That's why you're here whether you're, being, whether you're in pastoral ministry, whether you're in Christian counseling, whether you're studying business, whether you're studying Christian education, whatever you're studying, God has brought you here to get you ready to make an impact in the Northeast and this world. And you have to guard that calling in your life. And not just while you are a college student, not just while you are on the grounds of NEBC, but when you leave this place and you are immersed into a counterculture world, you have to fight to keep your calling in front of you because the world doesn't want you to have that calling. The adversary wants you to, to, want you to be one of his trophies he puts up on his shelf, unusable, compromised, just another mediocre Christian. But that's not God's desire for your life. I want you to think about something for a minute. I want you to think about how blessed Samson was. He had everything. He had good, godly parents in his life. He was taken care of. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us that he was, he was diminished in any way. He was blessed. He had given it. He had everything he wanted. But here's the thing. But he wanted what he wanted. And he chose to ignore God's will and God's instruction for his life. He chose his own way. 
And one of my challenges to you this morning is I want you to look inside your life this morning and I want you to see how blessed you are. I want you to see all the resources that God has given you right now. I want you to see how good God has it for you at this time right now going in to this new year. God has blessed you. He's blessed your life and he's blessed you with a, with a calling. Not every person in this world is called into ministry. Not everyone is, is, is called, I mean, we're all ministers, don't get me wrong, but you're here to be trained specifically as a Christian leader. And, and not everyone's called to, to do that. And so you have a special calling to fight for and to live for. And here's the thing that we don't want anyone to say to us in the future is, you know, she had all this potential. He had great potential. He was going to do some great things. He began really good. But how sad she wasted it. How sad she let it go. Listen, we don't want to be divided from our purpose. Two things and I'm done. How do we protect ourselves from wasting our lives or being divided from our calling? Well, I could share with you a number of things. I want to share two things with you. Number one is recognize all that God's done for you. I want you to see very clearly this morning that your cup is full that your cup runs over because you are a child of God. You have every resource that God wants for you to have today, this morning. You have all that God wants for you. Your cup is full this morning. So value the blessing and value the gifts that God has given you. And, and, and in, to, in addition to that, don't lose sight of the fact that the enemy always wants you to see yourself as missing something his intent is to make you perpetually feel that you're lacking and that you're without and you've got to have that something that you don't have. Listen, that is the same thing he employed in the Garden of Eden to make you feel like you're missing something. You need something to your life, but your cup is full this morning. Amen? Amen. Repent, number two, repent when needed. Pride goes before destruction. No one is above sin and no one is above a wasted life, regardless of how old we get. So I want to encourage you in 2023 that you would be a quick confessor of your sins and depend upon God to remain in your purpose and your calling. When we look at Samson's life, and we can point a number of good things, and yes, we can go to the end of the story and see how he redeemed himself, but I want you to see the middle part between his birth and that last day of his life. It's this. is one of the essential traits of Christian living is repentance. Okay? And, and Samson, nowhere do we read in Scripture outside of his last day, was repentant. And so, so for us to be able to stay in our call, we have to be repentant. So here's my challenge to you, is don't let the devil outwit you this year in 2023. Keep your purpose for being here at NEBC intact by being a penitent person every day. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you this morning that you are God. We thank you that you are king. Father, we thank you for your calling upon each of these young people's lives. We thank you for your calling upon their professors and, and the staff here. Father, I pray that you would protect them and you would, you would watch over them, God. Father, I pray that you would give them a discernment, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you would just, just help them to see, Lord, the ploys of the adversary. 
Father, help them to see those wedges and those things that can pry them from your best for their lives. Father, Lord, I pray that you would help them to have a godly legacy and not a tainted legacy and not a compromising legacy. But Lord, what they came here to NBC to train to do, God, that you would, you would see to it, Lord, that they would finish and they would finish well what you started with them. Father, that there would be no compromise with them. Father, that the adversary loses his battle and divided them from their purpose. Father, I pray for each one of the students here this morning. Father, I pray that, that you would solidify your calling in their lives. Father, Lord, that you would reveal your plan to their lives. And Father, I pray for their trust in you to bring it to fulfillment. For your honor and your kingdom, Lord Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.